0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy.
1: It is the Chicago verse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders, hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago.
0: Keeping it going here, Dynasty Podcast with Adrian Gibbs. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Oh, great. Thank you for coming up.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm really oh my excited. Gosh.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, it's no secret. Chicago's very small, blah, 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 I always say that. But I've been seeing your work, you know, online. And it's, you know, it's not hard to, to see it because you're doing a lot of really great stuff. So I'm glad that we get to actually chat tonight.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Same thing. We always start at kind of the beginning. Like, how did your creative pursuits begin for you? How did you become a writer? When did that start for you?
1: How did I become a writer? Uh, it probably had a lot to do with... Uh, being a Chicago public high school person. Mm -hmm. I went to Morgan Park High School, I went to Sutherland Elementary School, and uh, I I did the history fair, and somebody pulled me to the side and said, you know, you need to write, because this was a great history fair project, and I kind of got into writing from there. Uh, Mrs. Chase was my uh, journalism teacher at Morgan Park. (laughs) Holla, MP High Mustangs. (laughs) And uh, I went straight into journalism and never stopped. And you went to I was I
0: was reading your site. You went to Medill.
1: Mm-hmm. I went to Medill.
0: Yep. So you kept in Chicago the whole time.
1: I did keep in Chicago the whole time. I almost went to Harvard, but I decided that I needed to just stay close to home. You know, typical Chicago thing, right? Well, what's Harvard really have? You know, What's Harvard have compared (laughs) to Northwestern? Was that a
0: conversation with your parents, though, where
1: you're like, I don't know. I mean, I got accepted to Harvard, Mom and Dad, but... (laughs) You know, my parents wanted me to go to U of I with my sister, but... Interesting. As everybody and their mama went to U of I, right? Right. And Columbia, right? So, yeah, so I was the outlier. All my friends went to U of I, Illinois State. I went to Northwestern and made new friends.
0: But you know what, Evanston, I, I went to Evanston for a year. I did not go to Northwestern. I went to a uh, middle school there, mm-hmm. and uh only lasted a year. The, it was a very exclusive middle school. They they didn't particularly <laughs> ask me back, but uh, but I loved being in Evanston. I thought it was a great little town. Uh, it's cute. It's cute. Caffeine. It's cuter now. Yeah, it's... it's. <laughs> I grew up in Oak Park, and, like, anytime I drive back to see my parents in Oak Park, I'm just like, mm-hmm. when did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird to see these suburbs that, like, were... Oh, Initially, very like mom and pop quaint.
1: Like
0: yeah, just now I'll be like Target and this stuff like that. Yep. So, totally so agree. anyway, so you were at Northwestern, mm-hmm. and you know now present day, you're writing for Forbes, you're writing for Pitchfork, you're writing for all sorts of like huge national international outlets.
1: Yeah, I have fun writing. Uh, I, I, I do write for a few people. I've done a lot of stuff for Essence, done some mm-hmm. stuff for Marie Claire. I do a lot for Forbes, uh, Pitchfork. You know, I'm doing this uh, interview with Chance at the MCA for Pitchfork. Uh, they changed the date though, so yes,
0: and that was one of the things I wanted to ask. about. I want to, yeah. I want to get into that. We'll get into that
1: later. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. But, so a little bit, a little bit for everybody. Uh, a lot of focusing on entertainment. A lot of mm-hmm. focusing on Chicago stories.
0: That was what caught my eye. Was that like, you know, some people are based out of Chicago, but they're not really covering Chicago. But you were like putting Chicago out there in a meaningful capacity on really, like, you know, prominent platforms, which I, I was, like, stoked on.
1: That's, that's the goal. I think <clears throat> Chicago's great. You know, and I've, I've covered so much entertainment from New York, Miami, and Los Angeles, right? Sure. I used to work for Ebony and uh, the Miami Herald and the Boston Globe. And the thing is, like, you know, people, people act like you have to leave the city to turn into what to yes. be dope. And so, you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of artists, with, you know, uh, with Chance, of course, with uh, Chief Keefe. I've talked with Common about it. Uh, I've even a long time ago talked to Kanye about it. You, you don't necessarily have to leave. You could right. be right here, but you have to set yourself up right. You have to travel just like the writers have to travel, too. But sure. Yeah, there are great Chicago stories. Well, let's put them out there.
0: And uh, man, I love that. Like anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that you really just like hit that sweet note with me of like, you can stay in Chicago. Like the resources are here. Yes, you have to work hard for it. Nothing's given. But man, especially now versus even 10 years ago, like we Mm -hmm. were just saying, it's like there's so much you can do here without having to go to New York and LA are awesome, amazing cities. I love them. Fantastic places. Right. But to me, you can't beat living in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much here that you can accomplish and you can live in in a way that I don't think you can do on the coast.
1: Yeah, no, because, you know, I got kids and I got a park, got a backyard, all that good stuff. And (laughs) I already know if I was living in New York, it would just be
0: trying.
1: Now, I do like to visit my friends in New York. Oh, New York's a great place to visit. And eat and club and do all that good stuff. And I love L.A. I got my spots, but... I could live in Chicago and have plane wheel travel, you know? Well, then that's, that's the other thing is like, look, the price of living is rising
0: in Chicago. So I don't want to say it's cheap, but comparably, you can live here and still afford to like when you need to dip to New York, when you need to dip to LA for whatever that project is to take a meeting, you can do that. Exactly. And it's it's in between. So yeah. So we're, now we're just preaching to the people watching this podcast and like, <laughs> yeah, if we're watching this, we also love Chicago. We don't right. need to be sold on it. Right. Um, so bring us through like that middle step of like you're at Medill... And then you're writing for Forbes about Chance the Rapper." like what happens in between? How do you start to like make that trajectory?
1: How did I make that trajectory? You know, when I left Medill, I uh, had my first job at the Miami Herald, mm-hmm. and I got that job <clears throat> I was an intern for a year. I got that job from a convention, the National Association of Black Journalists Convention. They said, "Come on down for a year. I came down. I loved it. I cried though, because I was far away from home. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. No, yeah. one, no one told me I'd have to work on Christmas Day, but, you know, you figure that out. <laughs> and uh, I ended up really enjoying what I was covering, which was really basic uh, city stuff. Cops, you know, cops and courts, that's what you cover. Mm-hmm. And um, the Miami area is the vortex of the universe, and anything really, really weird happens there. Sure. So when people get murdered, it's real extraordinary down there.
0: (laughs) I shouldn't laugh uh, at that, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. but you know,
1: we all right. You know, so when there's when things happen, it's extraordinary. So I got some amazing stories, amazing front page stories, and then you know I went and I covered some entertainment because when you end up covering stuff on South Beach, you end up covering entertainers, and that's how I got into features and you could just fast forward that to the Tampa Bay Times to the Boston Globe mm-hmm. to back to Ebony magazine in Chicago to the Chicago Sun Times and then to all the different various places I I write for so you're out
0: there you're cutting your teeth you're, you're mm-hmm. getting your you know 10,000 hours blah 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 like be on the exactly website it.
1: yeah and you that's know that's exactly it You get your 10,000 hours covering Katrina i mean i covered everything i covered the I covered the... I got anthrax. That was interesting. Um,
0: you got anthrax
1: sent to you? Yeah, no. I was at the Miami Herald when they sent the anthrax oh my. to our office. Wow. And, it, you know, that was something. And I had to... You know, I covered... Uh, something here. Uh, yeah. Freaked my parents out. I covered September 11th. You know, I covered Hurricane Katrina. I covered a bunch of hurricanes. Um, I covered... Uh, United Nations meetings in Senegal and stuff. So I covered a bunch of stuff. I'm I'm really grateful for basic newspaper training because it lets you do a lot of stuff and then you figure out what you're good at and what you want to do, you know? Well,
0: Anne, I feel like if you had graduated, let's say like two years ago, you probably wouldn't have been able to have those same experiences because it just doesn't sound like the media jobs are out there in the same capacity that they might have been
1: at this time. I totally agree with that. I, I I hope that tightens up. Because we need newspapers, as is evidenced by the great work being done right now by right. the Washington Post and New York Times.
0: Well, and how much... You know, not we don't get super political on this podcast, but how much is trying to get like pushed through without Mm -hmm. anyone covering it, right? And it's like, yeah, you need to have that, you
1: know, democracy dies in darkness, that whole thing. So, so true, and you need it because you know, there's you know, I talk to a lot of students sometimes who say, well, I'd love to just cover entertainment, all I want to do is talk to all all I want to do is talk to rappers, you know, yeah, I want to go to (laughs) Lala and do, and I'm like, yeah, here's the thing though, like, when you look up people's taxes, when you're looking up people's uh records of any sort, whether they be arrest records to, you know, tax records, you have to have that basic journalism training. So a right. lot of what I bring to my entertainment journalism is the stuff that I got, that I learned down at the Miami Herald and, and in further detail at, at the Boston Globe, you know? So it's like, you know, together. You got that, all that like together.
0: real... Lowest Lane journalism. You're not just doing, like, <laughs> sitting down with Chance being like, hey, why are you great? You know, like, yeah, absolutely. But I I, you're too. right. I think a lot of, especially younger journalists, they just think, like, oh, cool, I'll go cover Coachella, I'll go cover Lala, I'll go cover, like, you know, just the fun stuff. Like, I'll just eat dessert for dinner every night, you know? Yeah. Basically that model.
1: And that'll get you fat, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but... So you've got this incredible experience where you you have all this newspaper training, and then you start to move it into, like, additionally covering some really relevant entertainment uh, material. Um, how did... You know, is there one you prefer?
1: Uh, like a story? Or, like, or- you know,
0: just, like, one mode. Like, did you really decide, like, you know what? I've covered some really grim, real-life <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Let me go talk to Kanye. Let me go talk to Kanye. You
1: know, it was... It- Something like that. You know, when I, I loved the Boston Globe, it was awesome. I had some really great stuff there. But I had covered, you know, a couple hundred murders, and I was just having nightmares. And oh, someone, yeah. I, I, you know, so when the opportunity came, came up to come back to Chicago and do some writing for Ebony, and it was uh, more entertainment-oriented. I took I jumped said, okay, yeah, my parents are here. Let me just go back, say hello to people, and, and write. And I really, fell, I really fell in love with it because it was... Um, The same stuff you do everywhere else, but with the pop culture element, and it was all features. You know, the thing, you know, newspapers, you do have to like write hard news there against newspaper. But uh, I like features. And so that's how I kind of fell into it. That's, um, I fell into it, but it was also a little deliberate because then I figured out, you know, who's getting covered are all the artists on the East Coast and the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Who's not getting covered? are the artists in the Midwest, are the artists in Chicago. And one of the things that they say in journalism is, you know, uh, what's, what's the story? You know, where's everybody running? You go the other way. That's what your story is. Yep. And so I'm like, well, if all y'all are going to be covering, you know, whomever in Los Angeles, that's great. I'm going to cover whomever in Chicago. And it's worked out. You know, I remember when I covered Dreezy mm-hmm. for the Chicago Sun-Times. And look at where Dreezy is now. I mean, I really, really enjoy talking to new artists and having a feeling that they're going to pop off. Just wait. I'm just going to sit back and wait. And then I can always say, you know, I remember when I talked to so-and-so when, and I told y'all, I told y'all this was going to happen, you know? Yeah, so, that, that,
0: that's fun. I, I don't want to, like, name drop. So when the mic's off, I'll, I'll bring up some of the stories. in my because I worked at uh, Q101 Radio mm-hmm. for 13 years, and we had a couple of those. And I, I got to luck out and be there early for one or two. And some of those guys, you know, I produced thousands of interviews over thirteen years. Well, one or two went on to be like a thing, and I'm kind of like, oh, cool. There's that, you know. So that kind of part's fun. And and you, so let's talk about some of the notable Chicago stories you've covered. You you did a great feature on Chance that uh, is up on Medium right now, and mm-hmm. it was in it was in Ebony. Yeah, it was on Ebony. It's e- a cover it was, story, it was right? Cover
1: story. I think it was the May was a, or June yeah, issue of Ebony. Last
0: like. Year, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really great look, and that was a really great feature. And had you connected with Chance Pryor, or was it your first time meeting or covering him?
1: You know what? I had talked. I had... <clears throat> uh, that was not my first time meeting him. Let me think about that. I had talked to him before for for, uh, for something else. Like, I'd done a story on... You know what? I had written a story for Forbes about when he got the... Um, the Grammys? The Kit Kat.
0: The Kit Kat, yes. Yeah, when yeah, he yeah. signed
1: the Kit Kat deal. Mm-hmm. I wrote that story... And I think he shouted me out on Twitter. So that was fun. And then it just went from there. And I think we kind of, we, we, it seems like we have some people in common. Well, you know, we're, I'm from the South side. He, sure. You know how it is. For the totally. You know, you just know people or cousins or God sisters or whatever <laughs> have you. It's, everybody's, it's, Chicago. it's Chicago, right? Yes. It's Chicago. So, yeah, but I, I really, that was my first time really sitting down with him for that interview and and he was very gracious. It was a busy, busy time because it was right before he was about to go on tour. So it was a great interview. Everybody, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's a very mature interview. And, like, you're really, like, yeah. you were doing, I thought, like, a real take on him that went in-depth, not just, like, Chance the Rapper <laughs> versus Chief Keith, and he got a Grammy's and he changed the rules. You know, like, not that surface-level story.
1: Yeah, you try to... There's so much written about him. And, frankly, there's so much written about so many artists. You just have to try to figure out a way... To give people something different and to give them to give them something that's going to edify them. And that's actually the artist is going to perhaps maybe be interested in a light. You know, it's the worst when you get into an interview with an artist and they're bored, you know? Yeah. You, yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. and, you know, I was at the Vince Staples Friday mm-hmm. and... Uh, <laughs> and he had a weekend. He had a weekend, right. <laughs> but it was so funny because his interview, he was like, yeah, you know, why y'all journalists? It wasn't me doing the interview, but right. he said, you know, why y'all journalists... Um, always asking questions about somebody else's interview and I said well that's that's what I'm talking about and so that's what I keep in mind when I do interviews with artists like this is supposed to be original and fresh and give you something new and different to think about so let's do something new and different so that's why I went to that direction with that I went with chance talking about religion talking about you know, uh, parenting, Mm -hmm. talking about things that you may want to know more about that people pontificate about on Instagram but don't really know.
0: Yeah, and and I I love that approach because we're in an age where, you know, you know know this, it's like people are reading less and less or they Mm -hmm. want smaller, shorter, more bite-sized content or they only read a headline and they think they read an article. And I think for some of us, we really do want that, like, long form, you know, we grew up reading whatever, like, you know, pick your poison. I grew up reading Rolling Stone. I remember those long cover stories mm. in the nineties that I would read every word of. Cause I wanted to know about the smashing pumpkins or I wanted to know about nine inch nails or whoever it was. I didn't just read the headline and be like, cool. All right, that's enough. <laughs> so I appreciate that kind of like long form in depth storytelling. I, I
1: like thrive on that. And I, I
0: would imagine that you're. Yeah, a fan I love of it. That.
1: Yeah. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of it, and I think that there's not enough of it. And you know, some people say, Oh, we're not gonna read all that long stuff, but when it's good, you, you will read it. You when stay it's, up, yeah, and when you're it's like, good, oh, you read it.
0: 3 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I just read this whole th- I, and there's been a lot of these kind of articles lately in the last like year just because the world's been so upside down. And I'll find myself falling down a rabbit hole of reading a long article about how Trump is spiraling out of control, and I can't turn it off for better or for worse but I suddenly find that I've like read 10,000 words and just like what a disaster it is and I'm like oh I guess I was really in the mood to read that whole thing
1: easily and and that's the stuff that gives you the real insight into artists you have to give you know one of my favorite stories is Frank Sinatra Has a Cold Mm -hmm. which is an old Esquire classic right and it's one of the best stories ever written and if y'all haven't read it I would highly suggest that you read it yeah um that's I. Tr- I aspire to be to write like that when I write. You know, can we describe the sweat? Can we describe the gnats on the wall? Can we describe the way someone smells? Because right. I'll do that. What do you smell like? And I'd never say that to an entertainer, but <laughs> but but everyone wears their colognes, or they have, or they wash their clothes only in bleach, or they or they just they. Sure. they, they, they some of them, you know, sometimes some guys will like you know, like Chris Brown smells good. It was interesting. It was, you know, and I put that in my article because, you know, what happens is and women are like, you know what? I knew he smelled good (laughs) and I knew it. And I'm glad you put that in there. (laughs) And, um, you know, so it's just uh, it's it's interesting. Those kind of details humanize a person, you know, Mm -hmm. on top of just knowing all of their art, all their music.
0: Well, and, you know, to kind of dip back to Chance for a second, you you brought up how you're going to be doing this artist talk with him. At the MCA, set up through Pitchfork and, and those are, those have been really cool. I've not attended them yet, but I was excited I was gonna try to grab a chance a ticket for the chance one, but I did see that it's been rescheduled. Yes. Do you know any details on that or I don't know when it's being rescheduled for okay.
1: I was told it's either gonna be a week before or a week after, so hold my calendar. So I'm I'm you're just like keeping the month of November. I'm just gonna keep November. I mean it's chance. Chance is buying out buying out theaters and Right. And and, doing and you're good right, stuff. like these busy Guy, yeah. so like
0: whatever he, you know, if he's like, "Hey, we're doing it tomorrow morning at two thirty a.m.", you're probably like,
1: "Ray, see you there." It wouldn't surprise me if it went down something like that. To be honest, I went to I went to the uh, Icon Theater to kind of mm-hmm. see everybody coming in and out for the for the the Marshall movie. So right, yeah, right, it yeah, was yeah. you know, he makes it happen. He's a planner. You know,
0: he does, and I I love seeing that kind of thing. And, and we were talking before the mic. Uh, so so Beth, who's running the stream here, uh, mm-hmm. she was asking about like what what I grew up listening to and I was saying like Smashing Pumpkins because I'm that age where at the 90s Smashing Pumpkins were like the thing for me in yeah. Chicago. That was my generation's thing. So like, you know, and, and Pumpkins did this and I've seen Fall Out Boy do this and Kanye did it once or twice. But like, it's kind of whoever is that like emerging hungry talent in Chicago will sometimes come out and be like, hey, 24 hours from now we're doing this tiny thing. Or like, hey, tonight, buy tickets one hour from now because we're showing up at this. And I've seen artists do that here and there. Mm -hmm. Chance is doing that like on the weekly where he's just giving these notifications, being like, hey, turn on your alerts on your phone. Right. Like, watch out because in an hour I'm making an announcement. And I just, like, you know, I'm in my 30s and I think it's exciting. I cannot imagine Mm -hmm. if I was like a 17-year-old kid and this is my first favorite artist. Right. How wild that feeling would be.
1: And he's so accessible he is he's at every show he's every
0: every morning I wake up and I see some you know fake show or whatever article and it's just like chance jumped on stage with the cool kids last night or chance jumped on stage with Saba or yeah. whoever and I'm like of course he did
1: he's he's so accessible and I think people just like that I mean some of the people I talked to at the at the movies and mo- and many of them were good and grown to be clear right okay it was a lot of good and grown people like you know he bought these tickets I'm gonna go see this movie. Because we need to see who, you know, Thurgood Marshall is. And it was just, it was so interesting to see the the range of ages there. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it came time to take a selfie with Chance, all the young people got in and the older people were like, yeah, I'm straight. I'm, um, thanks. And I'm going home. So it was mm-hmm. kind of funny to see the, the crowd split when the cell phones came on. For those young kids, that's their autograph. Right. You know, like, that's their, like,
0: defining, like, they're going to show that to their grandkids and be like... Is when I met Chance. Right, yeah.
1: so it was like it's 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 cool to see that he's so accessible, and especially with the teachers. I mean, I talked with the principals for the schools mm-hmm. that he's given money to, and uh, it's just a he's making a huge impact, and people just genuinely like him.
0: It's important work, and I just had the social works guys up here a mm-hmm. week or two ago, and and just hearing about like the process that you know the social works team go through, uh, how involved Chance is on the ground level, like all these things. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very inspiring. And it was everything you wanted to hear. It was like, wow, this really is as great as you would hope that it is.
1: Yeah, and you know, and what it is also for me, because I am a black woman from the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. I am a person that went to a Chicago public high school and in the 90s and all the stuff that, that meant that came with it. It's real cool just to know that someone comes out with a Christmas album that's like, Merry Christmas, Little Mama. It's so house, it was so Chicago, right. I loved it. And uh, then you, he's talking about the markers that mark the black Chicago cultural experience. And so every city has its thing, you know, Mob Deep has this thing, you know what Mob's talking about, right, mm. you know, in New York. I love that um, Common did this, but Chance is also marking black Chicago. Well, and and look, like I know it's apples
0: and oranges, and I, I I love Kanye. Everything that goes along with it, good and bad. It's it's not an easy place to be sometimes. But but Kanye, and I think it was a different city then. He had to. He left for L.A. And he didn't really look back. Mm-hmm. And Chance has stayed here. And again, circumstances were different then and now. But it is, I think, so meaningful and so great to see that Chance is still on the ground here. And he's doing all of this. You even talked about it in your Essence article that he went out to L.A. and then came
1: back. Yeah. Wasn't the fit. Yeah, he said he was like, I was straight. It was fun, you know. Sure. It was cool. Came back. I hear a lot of that from artists and some of them won't let me quote them. Yeah, saying but, certain things. But uh people like people who stay in Chicago like Chicago. And I, you know, I've been to the scene in LA and Chicago is, you know, Chicago probably is a good place to be an artist and not be as, there's not so much paparazzi. And no, it's more it's real. Just, it's yeah, just it's the just work. just more real, yeah.
0: You just have to do the work, because we don't have, like, the glamour.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: got to stay inside for at least three months of the year, best case, <laughs> but usually four or five. It's so, like, all that's left to do is eat and work, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's why we're a city that works hard and maybe he's not as skinny as L.A. all the time, you know.
1: <laughs> nope, uh, nope, nope, um, nope,
0: On the subject of staying in Chicago and showcasing Chicago, you also wrote a Forbes story about Fake Shore Drive, about Andrew Barber yes. recently, about him doing the curation work with Apple Music and the playlist. Like, how did that come together? Um, talk about that.
1: How did that come, you know, I am a you know Twitter person. I like Twitter. Sure. So when Andrew tweeted about the new Chicago playlist, I I, I favorited it. I was like, I I gotta come back to this in Absolutely. a couple of hours. What's what's happening? So I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? I'm looking it up, and I'm then I'm like, well, is there a LA one? Is there a New York one? What's happening? And that's me like, is it Chicago? Because if it's Chicago and it's Apple, I'm writing about it. That's significant.
0: It's it really that's is another huge. one of these huge markers because. Again, Huge. we get
1: ignored. Right. We get totally ignored. So then I was like, let me call Carl uh, Cherry at Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah. So we had to go through, you know, the corporate thing to get official Apple quotes. But uh, it, was, it was great talking to Andrew about it, about his curation of it, about uh, the relationship that he had with Carl Cherry that led to years later... Him curating this new Chicago playlist, and then how things kind of go full circle is I ended up quoting the boy Illinois in this story. Mm-hmm. Another like up, great up and coming town. Another great up and coming town. Sure. And I, I met him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Not, not, must have right before Lala mm-hmm. uh, at a event on the north side so it was kind of funny how things all um, Sway in the Morning did his thing here right, so yeah, it, was, yeah. it was that one so it's it funny how everything kind of comes together I was like hey, let me call him because I saw him perform at Sway in the Morning and he's on the list and I could just put everything all together and I, I really enjoy writing stuff like that and because it puts us on the map and I was just like, ha-ha, you know, Chicago got it before some of the other cities. So mm-hmm. they do have other cities planned, but they recognize Chicago is it's their time. And one thing that Carl Cherry did say was it is Chicago's time and that there was a time when they may not have been able to do this.
0: No, and I think that everything that's happened, I mean, man, how far back do you want to go? But it's like Chicago's always had music and culture here. That's always. no secret. Mm-hmm. But nobody really wanted to acknowledge it. And every once, you know, once a decade there was a Smashing Pumpkins or a Kanye West. But right. for every Kanye or Pumpkins... There were countless talents on, and so many concentrations that just got overlooked or didn't get any real acknowledgement or were just like, well, yeah, you're a Chicago talent.
1: Exactly. It's like the whole, the whole history of house music, you know.
0: Sure. The disco in the 70s, like so right. much has
1: happened here. There's so much that, you know, Donny Hathaway, there's so much mm-hmm. that you Industrial. really could, yeah, you, that you could talk about, but people seem to forget and then you remind them. They're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Actually, that's true. Like I know it's true. Chicago's dope. What's
0: your like thought? Like we never stopped. It's always been here. Right. So
1: we have all this talent, and I think that's why this. That's why like uh, uh, Musa was talking about the Renaissance. I think. I think that there's something in the water. You know, just like Chicago pizza tastes different. Well, than, and I think than, we like the New York pizza because of Lake Michigan, right? So I think it's uh, this. This is my unscientific opinion. I think it's it's the water. It's the air. It's something. It's the glacier. I don't know what it is, but. Uh, It's something about being here and having all those unique influences that is creating the sounds that we're hearing.
0: Well, and I think that also to a degree, like, there's a sense of, like, a chip on your shoulder of, like, kind of fuck you, I'll show you. Like, (laughs) I'm going to make it from Chicago. Like, you look at so many of the talents that have come out of here in the decades past, whether that is, like, just going for the big ones, Mm -hmm. Pumpkins or Kanye or Fall Out Boy, I would say all three of those artists came out with a chip on their shoulder of like, I'll show you. Yeah. Because when you come out of Chicago, you're almost kind of like, you have to convince people that it's real. You don't have anything handed to you. And now I think it is a little bit different where like, hopefully for the new generation of artists, it is a little bit, not easier, but it is like more accepted that like, yeah, you can come from Chicago and it is real. It does mean something, whether that's Saba, whether it's Chance, whether it's Jamila, like any of these artists who Mm -hmm. are doing real work that's really, you know, connecting with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and 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 I just you know because they're all over the place. Like I talked to Jamila, and we met at a coffee shop in Pilsen. I did a story for her on in, in on her in Pitchfork, and it's just it's it's just dope just to be able to go from here to here to here to here to here with artists all over the city. I could be in Lawndale one day, mm-hmm. I could be in Pullman the next day, and that's um, I think that's just real, and it's not um, it's not the scene. It's just no. the shy you know
0: it's not all happening at some like swanky vip publicist setup. whatever like you're right exactly the best journalism and i've done this with this podcast i've gone all over with this in chicago it's like i have a little handheld and i've gone to saba's basement in austin you know Mm. what i mean like i've gone to those coffee shops i've gone to hyde park anderson but like wherever you want to go like in any direction it's like if there's a good story there and there's an artist there like i want to go connect with them you know, yeah. I, I just think that that's significant here in Chicago.
1: Yeah. And it's it's nice that the artists are accessible mm-hmm. and everyone, you know, not everybody has like the highfalutin publicist and 80 no. different assistant managers. And you got to talk to so-and-so, talk to so-and-so, make a request eight weeks in advance. It's like, you know, sometimes that gets to be like, you know, it's exhausting. Yeah, I call it the muchness.
0: But, um, <laughs> That's a good, holy <laughs> shit, I am going to use that and I will credit so, <laughs> you. But I know, I've been booking interviews in this city since 2001.
1: I 100% know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's the muchness. What I like about the artists in Chicago, a lot of them, are they have just cut that down, cut away the bullshit. If you want to reach me, you can reach me because we are in this together, right. actually. And they don't seem to have that um, that holier-than-thou chip.
0: I'm always so thankful when I email an artist and I just hear back from them directly and it's like an hour later and they're like, sure, let's do it. I'm like, oh, thank God. That was so easy. Right. Thank God we didn't have to do the like seven week back and forth. Like, I hate that. Yeah. And I mean, when I, we had social works on here, mm-hmm. like I emailed that info at and you never hear back from info at. <laughs> and they got back to me and they're like, let's make it happen. And they came on. and I was like you guys are busy. Thank you so much, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I love that kind of thing. So, all right. So you've got this great, you know, this great career that you've established. You're writing about really cool work in Chicago with Chicago creators. Like, what's ahead for you? What are you looking ahead to either, you know, end of this year or what's on deck for you in 2018? Anything you want to preview?
1: Let's see. What's on deck for me in 2018? I, I have been toying with this whole book that's in my head, and I actually wrote out 45 pages of it. Oh, my God. So I think I'm going to finish this book and see where it goes from there. I have a couple of essays in me, too. Um, and I've been, I, I love journalism, but I have been doing some personal essays for different places. So I think what's going to be next is going to be a book. And my, my, my writer's cohort, you know, they inspire me. Natalie Moore is a really good friend. And um, when you look at the writing that's coming out of Chicago, I'm like, okay, It's time for me to write my book. I think that's what's next, you know, and or produce a TV show. We'll see. I've been kind of talking with some people about some things because Chicago is ripe with stories. You know, we haven't done a lot of TV here.
0: Like, there's a lot of great
1: musicians that are coming out. Mm
0: -hmm. There's there's definitely like a good, you know, small but steady batch of, of great writers. Mm-hmm. But you don't see as much hyper-local DIY TV happening. There's some. There's Brown Girls. There's open source or right. open... Um, I'm blanking on the name. It's the network that had Brown Girls before HBO. Oh,
1: right, right, right.
0: Um, right. And I, I apologize that I'm blanking on the name. There's obviously tv which has been around forever. That's an institution. But you can kind of count them on one hands. Mm-hmm. I think there's
1: opportunity. I think there's stories oh, that can yeah. be told. And there's stories of the South Side. You know, one of the things... Um, that is my passion, is making sure that I tell Chicago stories so that people know that it's not just, uh, you know, ride or die, shoot them up, or whatever no. it is people think that Chicago is, which is erroneous, right? So, uh, for the most part. And th- and but, that's- so, th- there's, there's, more, there's more stories. This is, this is a time of the story. There's so much content is out there. People are writing TV shows off of tweets. Yeah. So, Chicago has, uh, and I got some stories in me, that I think would shift the narrative and tell the truth.
0: Well, and I had this kind of conversation with uh, the team from the Tribe, which mm-hmm. recently launched this year, and they were saying something similar, where they said like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it is not this narrative where you just get off a plane at O'Hare and then someone shoots you. That's not the right. reality. Like, and they wanted to help tell, tell the stories of like, what's really happening here? What's behind all this? Like, what are the human sides of Chicago? So I think that the more people are telling that, the better. Yeah, it's That's just exactly. really important.
1: And I, and I, love, I love the Tribe. Cause, yeah, you know, so what they're doing is great. Yeah, those are my friends. I like them. Yeah. So you know, it's a, a small little circle. We all kind of know, try to know each other and support each other because that's what the whole cohort is about. And when you look at, you know, that's that's how it happens is you support each other. So, yeah. But yeah, there's there's more stories to be told. So I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to my book, though. I guess 45 pages in is is a commitment. But you, you're in. <laughs>
0: You're in. It's like, it's like when you're in the pool and you're like, dude, I'm already in the deep end. I might as well get my hair wet. Like, this is right. happening.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, you know, it's coming. Now, this got to push it out. I can't wait to read that. 100% we will get you back on the
0: podcast when that book is out. But, but this has been absolutely killer. I'm so glad we got to do this because Yay. I love, I mean, I love doing this podcast. I think that's very obvious. But I love getting to talk to people who are, like, really talented, really passionate about their work and who are doing creative, meaningful work. In Chicago, I just think that that's the best thing.
1: Well, I appreciate being here. It's uh, another part of the tradition.
0: Yeah. Um, where can people find all of your work online? What's the best
1: source? The best source oof, for all my work online. Um, you Worth could always you problem. could always go to my website mm-hmm. adriennwrites.com. I'm I'm a, I'm a everything Instagram, Twitter, everything is AdrianWrights. Yeah. So you could find any of my stories on any of those places at AdrianWrights. That's awesome. And yeah, you're at like. Just like we were
0: saying, uh, it's it's that like continuity. It's it makes it so easy.
1: Yeah, putting yeah. yourself
0: out there. Um, this has been killer. I loved doing this. I would love to keep the conversation going as you okay. have new things. And we do a lot of panels and workshops and like classroom speaking sessions and things like that on this podcast. So like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I hope we can get you in on one of those next year
1: I'm or down. in a future
0: date because I just think you have so much great insight that I cannot imagine like an audience not wanting to learn more about that.
1: (laughs) I'm down. I'm down. I'm doing it.
0: This is killer. I'm Uh, saying yes. Awesome. I love it. (laughs) We're going to talk more. I'm going to be in touch. Adrian Gibbs, thank you so much for coming up here tonight. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you all. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.